I Suck at Dating with Dean, Vanessa, and Jared, an iHeartRadio podcast. With Dean, Vanessa, and, and Taylor. Taylor. <laughs> Hello, everyone. <laughs> Vanessa, you want to take it away? Oh, say hello to everyone. Oh, my goodness. Good. Well, I was going to say good morning. Well, good it afternoon. says actually good afternoon right now in Montreal. But good afternoon. Welcome to another episode of Help I Suck at Dating. I'm in Montreal right now with my dear friend Taylor Nolan from my season. Hey, hey. And uh, we got some real juicy. <laughs> we got some juicy gossip for we you guys. We got some fun stories. Well, not that gossipy, but... Uh, you know, since it's a dating podcast, figured why don't we share some of our dating stories? But I'm just gonna throw Taylor under the bus, <laughs> and I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep, throw you under the bus. I'm gonna keep my shit private, and we're gonna talk about Taylor. Well, we did a poll no, actually we... on um, we did a poll on Instagram to our... see if people wanted to uh, hear Taylor's dating experience, and I put and in yours, in, and I put in quotation experiences, and 91% of of my followers were like, yeah, let's hear Taylor, Taylor stuff. And 100% of mine said that they wanted to hear well, yours because they options. only gave them options of yes right. and, and yes. yes, girl. So we were on um, a, a camp conference retreat. Fireside. Fi- it's called conference. Fireside Conference. Mm-hmm. Um, two hours or three hours actually with traffic, like five hours away from Toronto. So Taylor met me in Toronto after she did Good Morning America, mm-hmm. which, by the way, we never spoke about. What do you think of Colton being the new Bachelor? Uh, Dean, I'm excited for his journey. Um, <laughs> God, what are no, you paid by Bachelor? <laughs> I've met Colton. I like Colton. Um, he's a good guy. I wanted Jason just because he has the charisma that I think would be mm-hmm. interesting to watch in a lead. Mm-hmm. Colton, of course, has that storyline that we've been become, become very familiar with over the past six, right. seven months. Yeah. Um, I mean, it'll be a good season. I'm excited to watch it. What do you guys think? Yeah. I do like Jason too. Jason's in Seattle, and I have met him. And oh, you have? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Everyone people thought we were dating like... just because we went for uh, happy hour. And it's like, no, we're oh. friends. This is what people do. In as Bachelor soon as you fam. take a picture with like the opposite sex, people automatically yeah. think you're dating them. Anyway, so I, I'm excited for Colton too. I met him at uh, in in <clears throat> LA at a wedding, and he was just like so sweet and innocent. So I'm excited yeah, to see. That's right. And I too. hope they don't make their whole season about him losing his virginity. It's gonna because be. I mean, there's more to him than that. Anyway, so we went to Camp Fireside. And and this is Taylor's first experience in, in Canada. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. yeah. Kind of. So anyway, so Taylor, do you want to take it away? Oh, wait, hold on. <laughs> so I'm starting a YouTube channel, right? So I'm starting to vlog everything, and I, I'm really bad at it. I recorded, like, half of my face because I don't know, like, how to position my camera because it's not the same angle as a phone. So I'm like, hey, we're at Camp Fireside, and we're registering here, and I'm in letter G because my last name's G. And, oh, look at Taylor. Taylor's already making a friend, and I have, like, her first encounter with this guy. We're not going to give his name, <laughs> but her first encounter with this guy where she's shaking his hand, and he's shaking her hand, and they're both ex- exchanging, like, their names and hellos and whatever. And I'm like, oh, my God, that's so cute. Cut to basically a couple days later where they're like <laughs> hanging out. <laughs> okay, just go ahead and tell the whole story, V. Let's hear it. Uh, well, okay, I'll let Taylor take it away because I don't want to give too much. No, 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 no. Keep going. Keep going. Anyway, so there were just like, he was just like really nice and like normal and not part of the industry or, you know, had no idea who we were, had no idea what the show was about. And it was just so refreshing, you know, to just mm-hmm. like have a genuine conversation with people who want to be friends with you for who you are and not mm-hmm. because of the story that you come with. So they started talking and we all started hanging out because we have zero, we had zero Wi-Fi there. <laughs> we was, were like, we're going to make friends. Yeah, we're like going to make night, friends. The first night we were like so nervous. We had zero <laughs> Wi-Fi. They had a cab, a cabin set up with uh, a, a Wi-Fi 
uh, thing, and I was like, oh, I'm so tempted to go because yeah, Taylor's so tempted, girl. I, you I went in there every day. Yeah, I was like, oh my god, who's messaging me? Is it a boy? No. Yeah. That, Maybe it was. What, what is this? <laughs> Let's talk about your boy, hey, boys. Uh, anyway, so um, <laughs> Taylor. <laughs> Let's just say Taylor had lots of fun. Um, Taylor might be moving to Canada. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not moving to Canada. Okay, fine. Um, but no, it was really good experience overall, like connecting with you and connecting with like the whole community and just like really being present and um Oh my god. Yeah, met someone and he like shared a lot about his life like before we even actually started like the minute he said he has a farm and could build a fire i was like yep panty dropper and then he literally <laughs> built us like an amazing fire yeah he really did it was like from nothing <gasps> dean we stayed up until seven o'clock in the morning singing songs yeah. with a guitar around a campfire around a campfire wow. it was it was the most i it was cried amazing. it we was bawled our eyes bawled out. our eyes out That's it was just crazy you guys so like humbling anyway so, so Wait, so tell me more about this guy. Did you guys make out? <laughs> Did you? Yeah, that's a yes. That's 100% a yes. <laughs> I want to record this. I so, mean, how how honest do I? Well, I mean, listen, it's your story. Completely yeah. and utterly honest. Are we going to so, say it to be anything other no, than No, I mean, I like, um, you know, exploring people in all kinds of ways. <laughs> that sounds like third base. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so, no. So, I was, like, very hesitant because, obviously, you know, it's like we're there for three nights. It's, like, this very – it's very specific context, you know? And it's like, oh, well, then if we – are intimate then like do we try to have it be a thing then what after that you know and like you ask yourself all these questions and so how the whole... intimate were you <laughs> we were intimate we were we were all we, we were intimate oh. um oh, good for you guys. and um but it was really beautiful actually we like so we're at this camp and like you can literally see the milky way galaxy like you can oh literally see it was magical. all the stars you feel like you're in star wars it, it's wars beautiful and there's like this lake and we went up like to the top there's like this uh swim tower it's like a big <laughs> slide <laughs> and so we were up at that um and literally just like underneath the stars we saw like not not even kidding like 20 shooting stars like Ugh, it was so jealous so beautiful. i was fast asleep alone it was like <laughs> minus two degrees i was wearing three layers of clothing with nine covers on top of me with a hat on <laughs> in my bed by myself yeah well, good for you guys. I have a question for you as it pertains to our listeners and our audience out there. Then, Taylor, you said that this guy opened up to you about things that you didn't expect him to open up to you about mm -hmm. so early. Do you think that he maybe jumped the gun on it? It sounds like you uh, you appreciated it, but I feel yeah. like there's a fine line between opening up about things too early that are too heavy. No, so he ba like basically the first night when we were all talking, he was just kind of like giving us a spiel of like what he does, and like a lot of that pertained around food and about farming and. Um, you do love farms. I'll I do. Really I really do. Food and like being connected to my food. Maybe makes you me should so have been happy. on Chris Soul season. <laughs> oh. Interesting. Um, but no, and then he started talking about like empathy and like connection to community and all this stuff, and so it wasn't anything like super personal that he was sharing. It was more just like the. Things that he's passionate about sharing and he had no clue and like Vanessa was just staring at me like the whole time as he's talking to us and I'm and like, I was like uh -huh. check check uh -huh. check check uh -huh. Ooh, 
I will be the maid of honor. <laughs> but um, but no. And then like later, you know, as we kept talking throughout the conference, like we each slowly opened up to each other, but had really great conversations. And that's where it was kind of like the I whole guess, purpose of the conference is like yeah. to be present and disconnect. And so for me, I was like, I'm gonna be. Would you compare here. this to Paradise? Like, because on Paradise, you spend so much time with the person. Is Whoa. this kind of like a paradise thing? I don't know if that that I bring up like Whoa. PTSD. <laughs> Sorry. Whoa, my I didn't roommate, think about that. My roommate always says you have to disconnect to connect. Oh, yeah. Yes. Like this was one of those situations. Absolutely it was because it was like I could be all in my head about like, well, what is it after this? And what does this mean? And am I am I a Dean, hoe? Would I have loved sex it. with him? And it was like I was just like, you know, I'm gonna be present and I'm gonna let it flow wherever it flows. And so, did you guys like sleep in tents? How did this no. whole situation it's like, work? It's like wood cabin. It was a wood cabin, but it was cold and there was a, a chipmunk or something that went inside. <laughs> there Taylor's was a chipmunk bag. in my backpack. <laughs> yeah, and ate her chocolate. From okay. Well, Vanessa, so we keep yes. hearing about Taylor's uh, uh, sexcapades. I want to hear some about you. I, I just you. told you I was wrapped in nine blankets with five different layers you know and the, a hat. The best thing to do in those situations, it's not body blankets, heat. it's body heat. Well, yeah. let me tell you. So when well, the we first were, night we snuggled. The first night we snuggled, and then she ditched me. But we were when we stayed up till 7 o'clock in the morning, there was this one guy that was like, we had a private cabin, and right? And he Everyone literally else, just texted me. Shut up. So he, uh, we had a private cabin. Everyone else was sharing like with maybe five other people. So we were like the cabin that people wanted to come to because we had two two rooms. We had a couch and everything. So this guy's like, uh, well, can I come and see your cabin? And I was like, oh, yeah, whatever. <laughs> so, uh, you know, so he comes to our cabin. He's like, I would you want to sleep on the couch. And I was like, OK, cool. And then Except my guy was already. Yeah, her guy was in the other room and I had my room to myself. And I'm like, if this guy thinks he's going to come sleep <laughs> with me, he has something else coming for him. I'm like, uh, no. So he's like, well, unless would you mind if I sleep in the bed with you? I was like. For body heat. For body heat. I was like, yeah, I do mind. I'm like, for a second, I was like, I am so cold. Yeah. Maybe. But then that just leads but into you things. you know what? I think that, like, I respect that both, like, that guy and the guy I was with were very aware of consent. Like, right. before my yes. guy kissed me, he, like, straight up was like, yeah, like, I want to let you know that, you know, I really want to kiss you. And I yeah. I only bring it up because, yeah. you know, consent's sexy. And, like, the way he did it, I was like, yeah, it is sexy. Yeah. And I like that you said that. Well, this guy was, like, very respectful, too, you know. And he was, like, singing songs. And I was like, oh, maybe we can keep singing songs. But, no, I just wanted to go to bed and have my she own little privacy. on her mind, maybe. Maybe. Maybe I have someone else on my mind. Maybe I don't. We had the discussion recently about whether a guy should ask permission before he kisses because Tanya, Erica, Sissini on the radio show with Ryan Seacrest, they all agree, They all said no. He should just don't go ask. for it. I, it kind of makes things awkward a little bit. Yeah. Go for it. Wait, the girl said no? The that, girls, that he should go for it. The girl said go for it. Don't ask permission. It seems pretty unanimous in studio. Tori's even nodding her head yes over here that you shouldn't. you shouldn't have to ask for it if the feeling is right. See, yeah. I partially agree with that, but my last two experiences of like kissing a new person, um, both have actually addressed it, and it's like the way that they've brought it up that's been very endearing. But so again, I think it depends how you go about it. So it was Jason and this guy. <laughs> Not Jason. Dean, that was good. Not Jason, my maintenance man. You're, oh, you're ma yeah, you're talking about the maintenance man. Wait, He's incredibly was it? hot. Um. I didn't even know so that. Taylor, how does how does a relationship exist outside of this conference for you then with this guy? Oh, okay, Dean. Okay, I want to <laughs> I want to take over. I'm hijacking the story. So okay. I'm you know how I'm going to Bali, right? Which by the way, we have to figure out where we're staying in Bali. So I need yeah. your help. So, yeah, send us Bali suggestions. So uh, we're I thought we were leaving. <laughs> 
This whole time we were like, oh, we're leaving the 13th. The we're whole time I thought we were leaving the 13th. And we wanted to extend our trip. So we're supposed to go from until the 20th. And I called the airline yesterday and I was like, we would like to extend our trip until the 25th. He's like, okay, ma'am. Well, you are departing on Wednesday, September 12th. And I was like, we, <gasps> and he, like he keeps going and, and keeps... we both look at each other and are like, <gasps> I'm like, oh my God, I have so many appointments set off for Wednesday. Like I thought we were leaving on Thursday. And this whole time Taylor literally falls to the floor, pees in her pants. <laughs> And I just hear her go to the bathroom. It's like, Psh. so basically, what happened was this dude, my guy from, from camp, the, the guy from camp is from Canada, and he's like, I really want to see you before you head out west, and you know, I think it's like meant for us to like hang out before you leave. He was so really sweet. He's he like, was I really regret sweet. it if I didn't try to come and see you. So he got an Airbnb for the both of them for Wednesday sold night. Sold his tickets to this festival that that was going on in his city, and was coming into town to spend time with her on Wednesday night. But little did we know, we're going to be on a flight to Bali. And literally, he had booked all of this 10 minutes before, before we called the airline. It was so funny. I felt so bad. I called and I sang Justin Bieber's, is it too late to say I'm sorry? I don't yeah. think, I'll, I'll be honest with you, I don't think that's funny at all. <laughs> No, that it was That sounds funny. really, really frustrating for that oh, guy. He was really, is this yours, he, by the way? Yes, it is. Oh. So, yeah, no, he was very, and, like, honestly, I really liked, and this is actually a good thing to bring up, I think. Um, He had texted me and was, like, he said that he's just feeling really sad, angry, and exhausted and frustrated. And Vanessa was kind of like, oh, no, I don't like that. No. no like, wait, like, right, wait, no, wait, he shouldn't be responding wait. like that. Like, that's too much. And I was like, no, I appreciate that he can acknowledge how he feels right now and, like, I totally understand where he would feel that way. Right, but I, I feel like he didn't put his emotions in check and was just like, uh, that and then he asked, check. no, no, because then he asked like, can you guys push your trip to Thursday? I was like, dude, we're going to Bali. We're not going to Toronto. Like, we can't push our trip a, a day. Yeah, so but you the can... way he said that was, like, joking because it was, like, how many other things can we do to see if maybe we can work something out. Vanessa, right. I'm really surprised you just said that because I feel like all he's doing is communicating the way he's feeling, and now you're kind of crucifying him for no, it. No, I way. wasn't. No, I just – I was frustrated. Just, the whole situation was really frustrating for all of us. Yeah. Um, And the fact that I had to – I had a gyno appointment. <laughs> I had to cancel. Yep. And just things that I had to do on Wednesday, and I was like, well – you know, we all had to move our things, and yeah. it's it is an unfortunate situation. And the I'm a true believer in things are meant to be. I believe in signs. So was you know I'm like oh maybe it wasn't meant to be for you guys to like meet up right before mm -hmm. we go to Bali, you know. But anyway, so Taylor. I, I don't know. I think that you're being a little selfish here, Vanessa. No, I think I'm that not. if the roles were flipped and you were Taylor in the situation, I, you would be much more willing to push it I, to Thursday. No, never. Are you kidding? No. And you'd be much more receptive of his emotions as well. That's just yeah. my that's just my take on it. Right. I maybe a little bit more receptive. Uh, I just didn't appreciate <clears throat> that comment of like, can you move your flight? And I'm like, well. But I think also had you heard how he said it, right. you would know that he wasn't serious about it. He was just kind right, of like, you just oh, like... well, how many other things? Like, you know. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. But no, now, I mean, but now it. I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to go see him tonight. Oh, good. Wow, so this is kind of serious all of a sudden, just just like that. It's Everyone, funny how it's quickly things can happen he, like that. He he um shared that he's a bit of like a hopeless romantic, and I'm totally not. And, I'm so, and, I'm and like, listen, I was like team whatever his name is <laughs> from the beginning. I'm like, because Taylor's not like that. Like we're such opposites. She tells me like Vanessa, keep go with the flow. Like stop overthinking things. And as soon as like I start liking a guy, I'm like, oh my god, like let's like, very like black or white. Like, yeah, like let's go, let's go, let's go. You know. And she's like, just go with the flow. And I'm like telling her i appreciate that he's very romantic and he's 
And you became super giddy yesterday and kept smiling. I did smiling because the whole day. date that he planned was the most adorable thing. It was like we were going to go to a market and grab a bunch of food and take it back to the Airbnb and like cook dinner together and like listen to music. Yeah. And it Dean, was just. Dean, I'm surprised you didn't have an experience like this when you were traveling for months. What do you mean? Europe. Or... Oh, I briefly heard you mention something when we were. Yeah, but it was out, like. But... I think it was. It wasn't an extended. Like you yeah. got. You had like. Did you have like a little romance when you were away traveling? No, I did not. Oh. I feel like there was something in, in Bali. No, I met with my friends in Bali, but there oh. was nothing like. Oh. Like. I'm surprised. Why? Well, because you're what... so good looking. <laughs> well, so I, handsome. I appreciate that. But Vanessa, you are also very good looking as well. And I feel like you didn't have the same experience at this camp that you just had. <laughs> you're right. I didn't. <laughs> but, but I also don't think I also don't think you were open to it. I wasn't I, open to it. Right. No. On my traveling expeditions, it wasn't a priority of mine to be on the lookout for yeah, people right. to, to hook up with. Speaking of like memories and all that stuff, Taylor, you know, it could maybe help your dude remember your time with him <laughs> at Camp Fireside. Homesickcandles.com. Have you ever heard of those? No, I haven't. So homesickcandles.com. Uh, homesick.com candles provide warm, glowing reminders of the special times, aka camp memories, people, and places in your life. There's a special homesick candle for all 50 states. What state are you from? Washington. Washington. I got to see what Washington smells like and send it to uh, Mr. Canada. Pine needles. And, and dozens <laughs> of the most famous countries and cities of the world. There's a scent for many of life's most memorable experiences and holidays, too. Each homesick candle is individually hand-poured, made from all-natural clean-burning soy wax with premium cotton wicks and completely non-toxic, which, Taylor, that's right up your alley yes. and right up the dude's alley. It is up <laughs> our alley. <laughs> Great value. Each $29.95. Candle provides warm light and a reminder of the best times and places of your life for 60 to 80 hours. That's crazy. That's a long time. That's a really long time. Is it because it's soy? I think it's because of the wick. Because of the wick and it's non-toxic? Yeah. I got to get you one of those. Beautiful clear glass containers designed to burn the wax all the way to the bottom. No shell of wasted wax on the sides. You can recycle the jar as a cool-looking pencil holder or flower vase. Go to homesick.com to find every single one of the 50 United States candles, plus dozens of classic U.S. cities and popular countries of the world shipped directly to you and your friends or family or your lovers in just days. Right now, my listeners can get free shipping, plus $10 off when you buy two or more candles. Just visit homesick.com and use our code DEAN, D-E-A-N. That's homesick.com and use our code D-E-A-N. That's DEAN, D-E-A-N. Taylor. I actually have a homesick candle burning right in front of me and I have had since this podcast started uh, recording and it smells delicious. It smells Which... just like Colorado. Oh. Like a walk down memory lane. And is it like very really uh, outdoorsy? It smells like the forest. It smells like winter. It smells like an owl flying and killing <laughs> you know rats. I, I got to get one of LA because I miss, I just miss like, yeah, no, I miss yeah, I love that New York. smog and exhaust look smell. On my face. Or New York. Colorado smells like um, <laughs> or New snow, York. cedar, sandalwood, and amber and cinnamon. That's Brown bears candle. and mm. a babbling brook and all the I good things. I love candles. The Los Angeles candle, if you're curious. Probably like pollution. No. <laughs> yeah. A clean sea breeze. Oh, citrus yeah, notes be... of orange zest and lemon slices with a floral bouquet of jasmine and rose mm. for any occasion. <gasps> love I it. love jasmine and rose. Anyways, moving on to the next segment. So as we often do on this podcast, we like to have you know marriage and family therapists come on and discuss uh, kind of what they do, what, what they work with, and how they might be able to help our listeners and, and obviously ourselves as well. 
So we're going to move on to speaking with Haley Hewitt, who is a licensed marriage and family therapist with private practices both in L.A., Bay Area, um, who works with families, individuals, all that kind of stuff. So, Haley, are you there? I am. Hi, everybody. Hi, Hi. Haley. How are you? I'm great. How's it going? Oh, we're doing great. Thank you so much for joining us today. Um, So I just gave like a very quick introduction, Haley, but if you want to, do you mind telling us, uh, the listeners, a little bit more about yourself and kind of what your background is coming from? Of course, yeah. So in college, I started actually in film and TV. Um, My projects were all about the human condition, and I had a professor tell me, you know, maybe you should go in a different direction toward counseling and psychology. And at that time, you know, in my late 20s, too, I just felt called to do more meaningful work and found myself. In private practice now, that's for 10 years. Nice. Specializations are in trauma relationships. And I, you know, I feel passionate about supporting clients to heal rather than reenact this like unresolved wounding from past relationships and new relationships. So having these reparative relational experiences so, um, in therapy and with others. So you're saying you kind of help people deal with trauma and then how that affects relationships or is it kind of they're mutually exclusive how does how does that all kind of do they play into each other at all oh absolutely it's all integrated as you learned i'm sure last week with your hypnotism which i have some questions about oh please ask (laughs) away (laughs) um yeah well i'll just close in saying that i I take some similar approaches as, as the wonderful woman last week did i was sourcing from somatic experiencing and um, brain spotting, which combines actually hypnotherapy, um, EMDR, brain, um, somatic experiencing. So it's body-based, and it's working with visceral sensation in the body. They, you know, theorize that trauma is rooted on a visceral level in mm-hmm. our connective tissue. Mm-hmm. And um, so in our present-day relationships, and even throughout our lives as we're, you know, in relationship with ourselves, we have experiences, you know, reenact or reawaken um, from the past. And, Mm -hmm. you know, whether it's a big trauma or a little t trauma, um, developmental trauma, little things over time, life is traumatic. We all go through suffering and experience hardship. And so it's important to actually use our relationships as opportunities to heal. Yeah. That makes sense. I I think that a lot of times, and myself, I've been very guilty of this before, is you don't necessarily realize the impact that things that happened to you as a child have on you as an adult. And I think Taylor and I actually talked about this on her podcast not too mm-hmm. long ago, um, is a lot of times people don't necessarily take the proper steps to deal with that kind of stuff. Yes. Oh, I'm so excited. Taylor's here too. You've got two <laughs> clinicians. Yeah. Yes. Double teaming. Hi, Taylor. Yeah. So somatic experiencing emphasizes the importance of having the opportunity to experience in the body what one couldn't in childhood or in any, you know, challenging or traumatic experience, we tend toward uh, coping in the best ways we know how, which is uh, checking out a little bit, not fully feeling it. Maybe we're in shock. Maybe we're slightly dissociated. But um, somatic experiencing was formulated by this guy, Peter Levine, who developed the approach after observing that prey animals whose lives are routinely threatened in the wild, right? And they're able to recover readily by physically releasing the energy they accumulate during the stressful event. So they, like, discharge the energy right away, and then they don't have this traumatization that we humans, on the other hand, like, override the natural way of regulating the nervous system Mm -hmm. with all of our thinking, our feelings of shame and pervasive thoughts, or, you know, as you said, in childhood, just not having the language to describe 
what was happening. So how would you do the therapy for somatic experiences? What kind of therapy sessions, um, what would the therapy sessions look like? Yeah. So the, the somatic experiencing is helping the client find first places of safety. So whether that's a place in the body that is not activated by the trauma or a physical place to retreat to, like um, a calm stream or ocean. And experiencing the sensations related to the traumatic event in a safe way allows the person to then fully process the trauma. So they're, they're, they're opening up the trauma or even just talking, you know, being, for example, like mm-hmm. you in your hypnotism, you yeah. had said, um, I had these, these visceral sensations come up around, you know, memories of, of this relationship and then this upcoming dating. And like, what goes deeper than that? It's like relationship. And, like, what visceral experiences are rooted in your body around relationships. So in this session, you and I would deepen into that and maybe say, oh, I just, like, you know, lump in my throat. And so that's maybe where some of the trauma is housed. And so then I would resource you to find a place in your body of comfort, of safety. So maybe you say, mm-hmm. oh, the, you know, chair on my back feels very, you know, supportive and comfort- comforting. And right. I'll say, stay with that, you know deepen into that sensation, and then you vacillate between the traumatic um, or uncomfortable sensation and the comfortable sensation and kind of move back and forth. I do want to say that I think one of the reasons that the the reason that I had relationships front of mind when I had the hypnotherapist come in was because of my environment surrounding me. And, you know, obviously we're in studio recording the relationship-centric podcast. And so I'm curious to know, like, if I were to, if and when I do it again, because I hope to meet with Dr. Nancy again in, like, a more private setting where my mind is able to think more freely and not just kind of more focused on the topic at hand. I'm curious where my mind would go. And I'm sure, of course, it would go towards relationships to some aspect, but I'm not sure if it would be kind of the main focus like it was last week. Well, it could be, like, relationships with your loved ones, relationships with your friends and family, you know? It doesn't necessarily have to be romantic relationships. I I know, but I'm just saying... Regardless, like because oh, of the okay. environment I was in is why I was thinking about it. And I think like oh. maybe I could be wrong, but that's just kind of, you know, w- one idea that I had. But um, mm. I mean, I fully understand what what you're well, I don't fully understand it. I can obviously try and make the best sense of it as I possibly can. But you mentioned brain spotting. I, I know you've kind of opened up a little bit more about that. But can you I'm just curious what more specifically is brain spotting? So brain spotting is more recent. It was discovered in 2003. This uh, guy, David Grand used it um, when he was doing EMDR, which is eye movement desensitization reprocessing, um, which is a a technique similar to somatic experiencing, but there's like a little wand and you utilize bilateral stimulation. So you look left and right and left and right and Mm -hmm. listen to music. And the brain spotting was discovered because he noticed people in session kind of drift off and get stuck, like looking off into one specific direction. And so he, he discovered that, um, you know, the the brain locates points, so in the client's visual field that helps to access unprocessed trauma in the subcortical brain. So it's like looking at that point is where they call it the trauma is stored, like a trauma capsule in a certain part of the brain. And when you act, when you locate that point, the clinician, um, the distress is activated in the body, and the clinician has a little pointer and holds it on that point, and the person uses that eye position, stares at that point, and um, watches what happens, starts hmm. to use like a subjective unit of the stress scale, 0 to 10, like 10 being 
panic attack, zero mm-hmm. being totally calm, and measuring as their body regulates itself. You know, typically it goes really high and gets really intense, and then it starts to plateau, and then they're left with this, you know, thought that their body is always working to regulate itself. So it's similar to SE somatic experiencing in that um, the body is always working to heal itself. It's not working against us. And we can have those opportunities to, like, feel the activation, which in our everyday lives, you know, or even in the studio, last week for you, like, Mm -hmm. you're not going to deeply go into, like, your deepest, you know, losses and traumas and visceral experiences that, which, you know, may you feel safe to do so with her, like, um, one-on-one. But the brain spotting is just... um, particularly effective with trauma because it helps to identify and heal the underlying trauma so it, within the body. Is this observed visually? Like, do they, do, do they hook me up to any monitors or do you just kind of observe where their eyes go when they're talking about specific things? Yeah, you observe where their eyes go. You observe their, you are totally just watching the body, scanning the body. Like if there's a lot of blinking, tightening, um, sometimes it's obvious people get stuck on a point. Um, other times they're talking about something intense and then you start asking them, where are you noticing that in your body? And you begin there and then you use the pointer and you start over left and then you right and you have them scale where it's the most distressful mm-hmm. and wherever it's the highest stress level, you leave the point there. Um, and then they, you know, stay on that point for upwards of you know, 30, 40 minutes. And, you know, you're, you're talking to them and there's like a statement of focus, you know, yeah. like, mm-hmm. I, w- I wonder what that would be like if someone were to focus solely on that with me, because I, I definitely know that I'm guilty of avoiding eye contact and like looking off in certain directions whenever I talk about specific mm-hmm. topics. Mm-hmm. And so I'm curious to see like what, what someone would, I guess, diagnose that brain spotting symptom as? Um, Well, often um, avoidance of contact or connection can be shame-based. It can be related to loss. So, like, the the challenge of making that connection, right, like the intensity of eye contact for too long feels like engulfing, like too terrifying. mm -hmm. I know that you had, you know, experienced a loss in your adolescence. Mm Um, at a really formative time and, you know, someone really important to you. So it's, it's important that you, you know, are able to process the grief around that now as, as a man, like with the language too, but further on a visceral body-based level um, as it's embedded, like in the body. Yeah. Um, we can brain spot. I'll be there next week. Um, down yeah, in LA, help them brain so. spot. That'd be awesome. It would be interesting at the very, like, I would be really interested in that. So for our listeners, then, do you have any, like, daily therapeutic practices that could contribute to not only the healthy relationships we have with others, but also with ourselves that you can maybe, you know, just, like, kind of some quick tips for them and us? Yeah, of course. Um, distress tolerance is an amazing skill. Just the ability to lean into discomfort, right? Hold that mm-hmm. eye contact for an extra second. Um, and always, you know, being able to tolerate and lean into discomfort with compassion and gentleness. Um, Haley, and tra- sorry. Oh, yeah. So Taylor and I always talk about leaning into the, the discomfort because um, yeah. I have a tendency whenever I, if I start a relationship or if I'm in a relationship, usually like a romantic relationship, if I start feeling um, a little bit uneasy because I'm very black and white. And if I, if the relationship starts to go into the, the, the gray zone, I start mm-hmm. freaking out mm-hmm. and Taylor keeps telling me just lean into the discomfort. Yeah. And I'm, I just don't know. I'm getting a lot better you at are. it. So for someone, for listeners out there who are like me, 
what are some tips that you that I could do or that we can do to um, I guess be okay with that discomfort because it's not like a physical thing it's just like mm-hmm. yeah. not physically in front of the person but it's just like internally I start freaking out and then I start second guessing where our relationship stands yeah. and I could maybe be sabotaging the relationship yeah. because of that discomfort and and you say internally and I think cognitively so in your brilliant wonderful mind you're thinking about all of the worst case scenarios or just the fear, you know, the, the cognitive mind is, is driving you. And so what I would invite you and others to try is deepening into these other sentient, intelligent organs of perception, which are our heart and our gut and our spirit, if that's in your practice, and trusting that you have everything you need within your whole self, mind, body, spirit, heart. Um, listening to your in your intuition, um, I have some great little tools for intuition we can do too um, to really help guide you whether or not it, it is the right relationship. And you know, maybe your intuition is giving you some in, instinct here as to like um, I, what direction to take. I mean, my intuition is spot on with everything then because none of the relationship worked. <laughs> well, and I want to add to that a little bit too, like to get comfortable with the gray area, even though it feels like it's nothing physical, I would still allow yourself that physical space, like to to let that, if that anxiety is, is coming up within you, to sit there and observe. And one thing I always remind people is like, you are not your thoughts, you are the observer of your thoughts. So if you're in that state and feeling really anxious, and especially in the development of a relationship and not knowing, is it this or is it this? And where is it going? And what's going to happen? And, you know, wanting that security and wanting that safety of observing that about yourself and saying, okay, you know, that's, this is what I'm feeling right now. And I'm, I know that this is how I'm going to feel right now. But it won't be in in 10 minutes. Something else Mm -hmm, will come up. mm -hmm. And when you challenge yourself to be present, Mm -hmm. those thoughts start to uh, dissipate because you're no longer in your head in that anxiety. And that was something we, I think I pushed you on a little bit (laughs) over our camping trip of being present and not being in your head about, oh, well, what are we going to do for Bali? And what about, I want to talk to this person and I need to go to the Wi-Fi tent and like be present with where you are. Mm -hmm. And a lot of that anxiety will subside, but also when it does come up to remember that you are the observer of your thoughts. Right. Because I have a tendency and I've learned this through therapy and I've learned this through relationships I have a tendency my my one of my biggest flaws is being impulsive mm-hmm. like I feel this way right now so I'm going to do this and that's yes. like where the black and white comes yes. in but if I give myself the next day to think about how how I was feeling mm-hmm then maybe my emotions aren't going to be running as high and I'll make a different decision. I know I do that a lot in, in dating sometimes too. Like when you, you get that feeling and you're like, I want to see this person. I need to see this person. Mm-hmm. And instead, if you let that, if you just observe that and are like, yeah, okay, I'm really feeling like I want to see him right now. But letting that time pass and getting back in, in touch with where you are at that moment, like, okay, yeah, I'm going to finish doing the dishes. Like yeah. I'm going to focus on doing the dishes right now because that's the task that's at hand. Mm-hmm. Being um, present with mm-hmm. what's happening around you yeah I'm learning I'm learning a lot yeah and it's you know they the mindfulness you know Mm -hmm. word is all over and how do we be mindful how do we get out of our thoughts and and one simple way I like to think of it is um, drop out of thinking move into sensing Mm -hmm. so interoceptive awareness mindfulness within the body watching sensations arising and, and passing with compassion without attempts to change mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. giving yourself as taylor said that space just to watch your mm-hmm. liveliness flow through you 
and move out of the thinking for a little while. And feelings are thoughts. Feelings are also of the cognitive mind. I don't understand the, the what Taylor said earlier about you are not your thoughts. You're the observer of your thoughts. Taylor? Yeah, so... You are not your thoughts. <laughs> I, I'm gonna, you, are, before, you are the one observing your thoughts. I'm going to go ahead and just, dis- I don't know anything about it, but I'm just going to go ahead and disagree with that. So I'm going to encourage you to read Untethered Soul by Michael Singer, where there's a whole chapter on your inner voice and um, thinking of your inner voice as like your inner roommate um, and personalizing your inner voice. Um, because I think when you are super attached to all of your thoughts, they they then essentially run you and you can make these really impulsive decisions. And oftentimes our thoughts are telling us things out of fear to protect ourselves. And then then we're essentially living out of fear. Um, and that's not, you know, doesn't always lead us to living lives of meaningful connection, which is at our being. Like, I guess, why am I thinking this? Or why is my, right? Like to observe your thoughts, think, why am I feeling this way? Instead of being like, I'm feeling this way and like being impulsive about Yeah, being like, okay, I noticed that this is what I'm feeling. But if we're not the sum of our thoughts, then what are we? We're nothing. Well, now you're just getting... Well, well yeah, that's, I mean, that's, that's a whole point, other... Like, that's, that's who you, I feel like that's the opposite. I feel like that's who you are in your truest self is what you think about on a regular basis defines who you are to yourself, you know? But uh, I guess for me, the way that I understand it is internalizing what your thoughts are and like uh, understanding where those thoughts are coming from like mm-hmm. if i'm if right now i think like uh I, i'm i'm anxious like okay mm-hmm. why am i anxious mm-hmm. i'm like getting to the bottom of yeah. that feeling or i'm getting to the bottom of for me i guess it's mostly feelings uh mm-hmm. that encourage me to either do or not do something and i want to know why i'm doing it i'm doing it because let's say it's since it's a relationship topic uh relationship podcast if I want to message a person, why am I messaging that person? Yeah. I'm messaging them to get a reaction out of them. If that's my goal, I don't want to do that because I might not be able, I might not get the reaction I want from them and then I'll be disappointed. But even as you say, like asking yourself why you're feeling that, in that you're taking yourself out of some of that anxiety because if you are just, oh my God, I'm anxious. Oh my God, I'm anxious. I'm anxious. I'm anxious. I'm anxious. But instead of taking that step back and realizing that you are the observer of your thoughts, that okay yeah I notice I'm feeling anxious so why where is that coming from why am I feeling this that then it it takes you down a little bit of a different journey um, mentally and emotionally that I think helps you have that separation and helps you to move through some of that uh, anxiety okay in, in this well, example does I, that make sense it does and it doesn't I appreciate you shedding some light on it for us um, back to Haley I, I just have one more question for you to, to help our listeners as it pertains to relationships, I think that everything you've mentioned has been incredibly helpful for all of them, but maybe more as it pertains to relationships. Do you have any advice for them in terms of manifesting their ideal relationship when it comes to must-haves, would-likes, deal-breakers, that kind of thing? I'm sure you, you give quite a bit of advice on that, yeah? Yes, and of course it starts with the self. So I you know, really enjoyed what you said about Plato's Symposium, this idea that there's one person out there who will provide you complete and utter happiness. Yeah. And yet, what what if it's you? What if you are your own Plato mm-hmm. Symposium as in your own other half? So I think in manifesting ideal relationships with others, we have to also do that must-have, would-likes, and deal-breakers with ourselves and get really true up to how we want our purpose and our life to look, right? Joy is coming from meaningful experience, research shows, not from seeking happiness. 
And so how do we have meaningful experience in our life and in our relationships? Now, when it comes to others, I had spoken earlier about healing unresolved wounding from our past relationships in order to not reenact that wounding in present. So I think people can find themselves in these relationships where these old issues keep coming up. What I see a lot are like trust issues. Mm-hmm. Um, perhaps they've been, you know, cheated on in the past or they've had a loss, you know, um, and they had felt like they can't ever fully give themselves the trust in relationships. So part of it starts in the relationship itself. I know Taylor's spoken about self-compassion before on the mm-hmm. podcast, which mm-hmm. is an incredible skill to have. Yeah. Not only changing their critical self-talk, but getting in touch with the compassionate observer, mm-hmm. <laughs> the part that can compassionately observe, not just the thoughts, which yes, seen, our thinking is what makes us unique and human beyond animal, that we have this analytical thinking mind. Um, but perhaps, you know, it's getting really clear on, on what we want our ideal relationship with ourselves to look like, and that includes our path and our purpose. And then with others, really doing our work in therapy and choosing healthy relationships, setting boundaries around toxic and unhealthy relationships, Mm -hmm. especially for us people pleasers out there, Mm -hmm. really practicing no and learning how to maybe let people down a little bit um, because Mm -hmm. it's not healthy for us or it's not quite right Mm -hmm. um, so that we can, you know, continue manifesting healthy relationships that's more in line with uh, giving us the opportunity for what we reference as reparative relational experiences. So we can work on our own healing, and healing comes in relationships, too, when we have healthy relationships. Well, that's, I mean, that's all very beneficial. I was actually funny. It's funny enough, because on my drive to the studio today, I was thinking about kind of that same idea, but almost the opposite side of it, where uh, I say yes to a lot more things than I say no to. Well, that's good. I, I think it opens up a lot more doors than it closes, obviously, but there's also a drawback Thanks. to it, as Haley's saying. Um, I would say that I've been uh, given, I guess, a lot of things because of my willingness to say yes. But as I get older and as I start to like narrow down the things that I find important in my life, I understand the purpose of saying no more often and mm-hmm. letting people down. Um, but, uh, but Haley, so you said you'll be in town next week. Maybe we can get you in here to do some brain spotting. I think that would be super cool. Yeah. Yeah, I'm happy to do that. And also maybe some dream work. I know you had mentioned you're having vivid dreams. And I would be curious about any dreams you're yeah. having. Well, I've always had, um, I've al- always had vivid dreams. No matter what time of year it is or how old I was, ever since I can remember, I've always had these crazy vivid dreams. But um, but yeah, we should we should look into that. And I know you have a website. It's www.hewittmft.com. Is that right? Yep, that's right. Cool. So for our listeners out there, if they want to check it out and, and you know read a little bit more about Haley Hewitt, be sure to check out our website, www.hewittmft.com. Um, Haley, is there anything else you'd like to tell our listeners before we before we get you off the phone? Be gentle with yourself. You're doing great. You're whole exactly as you are. Love it. Aww. I love it. Thank it's, you. It's all about self-compassion, Beautiful. and I mm-hmm. definitely am an advocate for that message as well. Um, Haley, well, thank you so much for the time. It's always a pleasure to have intelligent and thoughtful mm-hmm. and mindful people like you on the podcast. Um, and hopefully we'll see you next week. I'm not sure if we'll be able to get you in here, but if we are, that'd be incredible. And, and if not, we'll just be sure to speak uh, later on. Great. Thanks for having me, everyone. Take right. care. Thank you. Have, Thanks. Have a great day. Bye. Well, that was uh, I love that she brought yeah. up the that was great. self-compassion. Mm-hmm. It's super important. Mm-hmm. I did an episode super, on that. Super important. You want to know what else is yeah. important and what's been 
very important to a lot of us is JetSuite X. So JetSuite has set out to make an airline you actually look forward to flying. It's the airline that's all air and no lines. And I just made that up on the spot. I'm pretty proud of that one. <laughs> JetSuite X, is, it's making it fun to fly again. You show up 15 minutes before your flight. No crowds, no lines, no stress. Business class legroom on board, as well as free drinks, snacks, and cocktails. How could you beat that? No baggage charges, no seat assignment fees, no cattle calling boarding. Semi-private flying for not-so-private fares. The best of a private jet experience for the price of a commercial flight. It's the air travel company we've all been waiting for, Jet Suite X. Be sure to check them out. Like I said, it's the airline that's all air, no lines. You can show up just before your flight. You don't have to worry about security. You don't have to worry about... Um, all your, of the things that suck about yep. flying, get taken get out and them. put into Jet Suite X. That's bus- it. Business class legroom on board. I wish we had that to Bali Yeah, tomorrow. can we fly them to Bali? <laughs> Are you guys going to Bali? Yeah. Where oh. have you been? <laughs> Dean! <laughs> Anyways, be sure to check it out, JetSuiteX.com. Uh, .com. You're, you're going to love it if you give it a chance. We're flying it to Vegas in a couple weeks for the iHeartRadio Music Festival. Oh. Cannot wait. Um, will be much more fun than Bali, you guys. Stop. No way. <laughs> Vanessa, Taylor, I know you have to leave. Yes. Thank you so much. I'm yeah. so sad. I wish I can get to the emails with you guys. Um, well, what you really wish you could have is Dean's gonna about to eat an onion like an apple. So that's <gasps> really the reason. Oh, yes. Why? Why would you do that? I saw you tweeted I about tweeted that. I tweeted out last night. I was munching on an onion out of the refrigerator, and I was like, you know what? I love onions. I, I love onions, I too. Onions are like cooked an onions. Well, it doesn't have to be cooked. I think I can is eat a raw onion. Is this a yellow onion. onion or a red onion? It's a purple onion. Yeah, it's a red, red onion. onion. Okay, yeah, yeah, I could eat a raw red less, onion. Less you think you could? Potent. A whole thing? No, a whole thing? No, I'll bite into it. Yeah. And so Tanya's going to sit down with me. We're going to discuss emails while I eat a raw onion. And I, I don't know. I don't... I didn't really plan on doing it, but I was like, you know what? I think I could do it. And so I want to see if I can. Mind over matter. I believe in you. Anyways, you guys are the best. Thank you so much for uh, being in studio. Vanessa, I Mm -hmm. love when you're in studio. You sound so crisp and clear. I know. I love doing this too, guys. <clears throat> Virgin Radio. And and uh, Taylor, thank you I for gotta joining I got to say thank you well. to Virgin Radio Montreal, though, because they're the ones that like hooked up the studio. So thank you, guys. Virgin Radio Montreal, you're the best. Mm-hmm. Um, be sure you guys have a blast in Bali. We'll miss you while you're gone. Maybe we can give you a call while you're out there and hear yes. some more about Taylor's um, <laughs> um, updates. We'll on see her how updates. Ottawa is tonight. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, and Vanessa, hopefully you find an incredible uh, Balinese to hang out with. While yeah. You're out there. Maybe she's just keeping things. Very proud. I wouldn't be surprised. We're not be surprised. Well, down low. The slightest. <laughs> um, okay, guys. Well, thank you so much again. Have a have a safe flight. Have fun on your trip, and we'll talk to you soon. Love Thanks. you. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye. Okay, so Tanya's here. Tanya, and you guys have a date coming up. We so do I want to lock down some details before this date happens because a lot of people are excited about this date, and I am one of them. And I'm one of them too. Well, first and foremost, I'd like to thank Tanya for bringing me a raw onion. I think we end with the, the onion. I think that's we our grand it. finale. Okay. Of this well, I don't. I plan on like eating it over the course of twenty minutes or so. Ew. I'm not uh, gonna just. Yeah, that's true. It would get a little old after a while. Uh, okay. Well, let's let's. I'm not gonna just munch it as quick as I can. It's the not tweet a... was pretty sure I could eat an onion like an apple if someone dared me to. I won't, but I could. Pretty sure. So now we're daring you to. Well, it's not even that. I was just. It's like a self dare. Okay. Know? All right. Is that your phone ringing? Yes, it is. So I've eaten a lemon like an apple before, like with the peel and everything. Why did you eat a lemon like an apple? Because lemons are delicious, and I like the peels quite a bit. They taste really good. So I think all the pe- all the vitamins are in the peel anyway. Question: Since you did that, have you eaten another lemon like an apple? Yes. Oh, yes. so this yeah. is like a regular I, thing that you do. Uh, I wouldn't say it's a regular thing. It's really bad for your teeth enamel, but um, it is something that I've done. 
So I understand eating non-apple fruits well, and, here's and the vegetables. Thing. I don't know who it was that told us which foods are allowed to be eaten with your hands as a whole. Like I guess, I mean, like a hand fruit. Like a hand fruit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some fruits are hand fruits. Yeah. By the way, my dad eats apples. Uh, oh, the whole thing. The really? Co- the seeds and Your all? dad does Ew. that too, Tori? Is, I've always found that interesting. And oranges. And oranges too, with the peel? Orange peel. <laughs> what about bananas? Can you guys eat banana peels? Do you, Tori, do you think your father eats banana peels? No, that's... That's, oh, that's, that's, the that's the line. That's where the line is. Orange peels fine. I have heard that watermelon seeds have almost every nutrient you can name, and you wow. should eat them. Yeah. You should not leave them behind. But the then they ones, yeah. grow watermelons in your belly. That's actually not true. That mm-hmm. Rugrats episode, do you remember that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tommy you eats You two a, are so cute together. So <laughs> when yeah, is the day Tanya happening? doesn't seem to think I'm being serious I, about this I date. don't. That's correct. She does not think that. And you know what? I'm very deeply upset by that. Why? <laughs> I'm not. But it, why, why don't you think I'm being serious about it? Because. You're like always giving this weird like squinty side eye. You're like, what are you, what's, what are you up to? I don't know because I guess, I mean, I've known you for so long. So why did you not ask me out a year ago? Why is it on me to ask you out? Why didn't you ask me out a year ago? Oh, well, I didn't ask you out this time. You didn't. I did. I was the one that brought it up. That's what I'm saying. I don't know. Just... Tanya seems to think that if a guy is interested, he will immediately ask someone out. Yeah. We discussed this recently, and mm-hmm. I don't think that's true. I think guys will sit on it. They'll sit on that desire, wait for a big opportunity, because guys are afraid of rejection. Yeah, guys are definitely afraid of rejection. I don't know if that was necessarily the case. <laughs> I, not that I wasn't afraid of rejection, because I certainly am. But I don't know. You, I'm, I'm not normally one to make the first move, regardless of fear of rejection or not. Hmm. Asking someone on a date is very rare for me. You know oh, so I, this is rare. It is rare. I'm a rare bird. You certainly are. A special rare little bird. And I, sure, the date might suck. It, <laughs> <laughs> That's the spirit. But it might be great, too. <laughs> I am excited because I really was thinking about it. I feel like I've never spent alone time with you. No, it's always been in group settings. Group settings. Yeah. But I feel like I know you really well. Uh, I think you have an idea of me. In a, I think I'm different in group settings than I, when I am. In a one-on-one setting, really, to a varying degree. Like I, I think when I'm in a group setting, I kind of like to let other people talk and do their thing, and I kind of just like hang out and like maybe add like um, supplemental words as the conversation moves along. <laughs> right. But I never really like have full-on conversations with people one-on-one in group settings like that. Mm-hmm. So it'll be interesting to because same with you. I mean, not so much same with you, but like I haven't had to had the chance to sit down and have a full one-on-one conversation with you because we've always been in those group settings. You know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So tomorrow night is the date, Wednesday night? Mm-hmm. Wednesday night. What time is this happening? I'm picking her up at 6.30 from her house in Santa Monica. Which I really appreciate the time. That is nice. Mm-hmm. 6.30 is good for you? Yeah. Early enough? Because mm-hmm. you have to get up early in the morning? Nothing I hate more than when a guy asks me out on a date and asks like for eight? like nine. I'm oh like, God. Oof. That's a little bit too presumptive of... I think it's presumptuous in a sense. Like, okay, let's go out and it'll be late. 9 p.m. And then we'll get you back at like 11. And what are we doing? Like, we don't have to be specific because we don't want an audience for you guys. But are we talking dinner? Are we talking, what are we talking? Yeah, I'm going to take her out to dinner. Mm -hmm. I'm going to pick her up. Where are we going? Where are you asked to go? You said you wanted to go somewhere. Oh, really? Oh, fun. That's where we're going to go. Okay. The thing with Wednesday nights in Santa Monica is there's a pure concert there every week. Oh, yeah. Which, it might be a little aggressive for the first date, but I would be open to the idea of Attending. Why is that aggressive? Well, just because dinner's going to be like an hour and a half long. Right. We'll be in the area. Dinner's like an hour and a half long. And then I want to get you home by a reasonable hour, like nine at the latest. (laughs) I understand you have early mornings with Ryan Seacrest. (laughs) Very nice. Very considerate, Dean. And I could could be home by 10. Okay. Uh, Like, I have a lot of friends that'll be at the Pure concert. I'm uncertain about whether I should want 
I want to introduce you to my friends, but I'm uncertain of whether that's appropriate or not. I don't know if that is. Like, if I bring you into like a crowd of like 20 of my friends, I think it might be a little much for a first date. Oh, like it's too aggressive. That's a lot. I just I don't can handle my. I don't want to make. Oh, you, yeah. Of course you could, but I don't want to make you feel uncomfortable. So that's it's so there's nice. a lot of things that I'm kind of trying to think. I'm trying to figure out what to wear. Should I wear a tie? Oh. What kind of flowers should I get her? If you're going to the her? pier, probably not a, a tie. Yeah. Flowers, yes. Like, Betty who is performing tomorrow night? Is no yeah, that's way. A, at the huge, pier? Man. Yeah, at the pier. So the thing with pier concerts is you never really go for the music. You kind of just go for the ambiance. Ambiance, yeah. Mm-hmm. But Still. I'd go for the music. This is That's pretty good. Yeah. Maybe you can get us backstage. All right, here probably. we go. Here comes the first bite of the onion. Here it comes. <laughs> I don't know why I haven't done this sooner. This is delicious. <laughs> Okay, while you eat that, that is while you chew so that, disgusting. I'm going to give you this first email, okay? So while you chew, let's all ponder. Let's chew over this. And I'm supposed to kiss you tomorrow. He'll brush his teeth before tomorrow. Who says it's going to end in a kiss? Oh. I mean, it has to go well for both of us, I That's feel like. True. Right? That's true. That's true. We shouldn't assume a kiss. That's true. I don't give him away like Halloween candy. <laughs> right. Tara has an email. I started seeing someone recently. I've known a few years through a mutual friend. I was in a relationship for five years with my ex, so this new guy was never on my radar until recently. We ran into each other. We started catching up, and I'm having a blast with him. Such a nice guy. He impresses me more every day. Here's the pickle. He and his girlfriend of two years just broke up less than a month ago. He's still moving out of their house because they live together. It's an odd place in his life, he says. Hmm. I want to know that I'm not wasting my time seeing someone who's not ready for something new. He says, let's just take it day by day and enjoy where this is going. Question, is it possible to move on that quickly after a breakup? Even if someone says they're okay, they're ready to date, what is the appropriate time to heal before jumping in head first? I don't want to put myself in a place to get hurt by someone who's not ready. I'm 26. He's 28. That's Tara. I don't think it's too soon, personally. Are you crazy? Everyone... Grieves differently. Two yeah. years two years is a long time. Yeah, I'm, less than a month ago? It I, takes half the amount of time. No, you can't just apply that rule to every relationship. Yes, you can. And so if she's questioning whether it's too soon for him, I don't think really think she has the place to make that judgment call for him. She's protecting herself. Because he, she thinks he might still be hung up on his ex. Yeah, she's a modern woman. Which is fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> But also, I don't think it's her right or her place to be saying, oh, it's too soon for him. If he's ready and he asks you on a date, then I think he's ready. And or, he, or is he just telling himself that he's ready because he likes her and he wants to date her, but he's really genuinely not healed? And even if he's not fully healed, I think part of the healing process is going on dates with other people. Oh, and she doesn't want to be that girl. She's not that girl. But maybe she can be the girl that like <laughs> helps him. It's not a bad thing, I don't think, personally. I think that she shouldn't be concerned at all, especially the ages 26 and 28. I think they're at the age where he's 28. He, If he just got out of a long-term relationship and he's serious about being in a relationship, he'll want to be on the look, like, pursuant of that. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to waste his time. Again, I, I mean, I'm almost 28. and If he wants to be in a relationship, he shouldn't have to waste his time to grieve the breakup. He should be gung-ho about getting into another relationship. We don't know the circumstances of the breakup. Maybe he broke up with her. Maybe she cheated on him. Like We have no idea right, what's going true. on there. Um, but I think that to me the key was he's telling me to take things day by day and enjoy where this is going. And to me that is the healthiest way to do an early relationship is just take it day by day and see where it goes, right? We don't need to put the cart before the horse. True. We don't need to decide this is a year, multi-year relationship. It's a it's day by day. If you want to wait till he moves out completely, that seems reasonable to me. Right. I missed that part that they were living together. He, they no, were, but he was living the, with his ex. 
Right. And right. he's in the process of moving out. I missed that part. I think it's fine to wait until he's out, but then I think taking it day by day, he says he's enjoying where it's going. You enjoy it too. I think that's the healthiest way to continue this. Here's what we're so guilty of too is we... You just had a phone call. Yeah. We always... You're going to have to put your phone away during our date, by the way. I absolutely will. Okay. But I still want to be able to record our okay. chemistry. Um, what I think we're so guilty of as a generation is we put so much pressure on a relationship or a non-relationship so early... You go on three or four or five dates, and then you start to ask yourself, okay, like, where is this going to go? Is is this someone that I can begin to see myself, like, introducing my family, that type of stuff? Which I understand the utility in that, but I also think it can be kind of, uh, it can take away from the, counterproductive. It takes away from the relationship in a sense. It's like, okay, like, I've known this guy for, you know, X amount of time, a few, a few weeks, a month or so, and now I'm going to put all this pressure on it by thinking about what the future might hold for us. When it's like, like Mark said, just take it day by day and let it unfold naturally. This is true. But it's when you start to catch those feelings, and that's when you start to ask those questions mm-hmm. because you realize, man, I am really vulnerable right now. And that's Tara's biggest fear, I think. Mm-hmm. I think that there's no issue. Agreed. Once he fully moves out from his ex's apartment, then you can be totally okay with it. I think timeline, I think half of the time that they were together to get over a breakup is just the most erroneous thing that you could possibly think of. <laughs> it, just, it just doesn't make sense to me. I think you could date someone for... Five years. You're going to say it takes you have to be single for two and a half years after that? About two. No way. I don't agree with that either. Not single in terms of like not dating, but I think dating around and giving yourself some time. So you don't think you should be in a relationship for two and a half years after a five-year relationship? I mean, not necessarily, but kind of. She's on her heels. She's backpedaling already. I think that just is such a bad (laughs) He could be the one. This guy could be the one. You never know. And right. And now if she's sitting there thinking about... Oh, I didn't give myself him enough time. I don't know. I think go for it. I think it's not your place to say whether or not he's over it, and I think that you should just go for it. I agree. How's the smell over there, Tanya? Because I'm getting it pretty strong it's over pretty here. It's pretty strong. And you're it's a lot closer to Dean than I am. So aggressive. Uh, I have another bite. Right into the mic. Right, Get it really right in there. Yeah. This is from Lakin. Do you know how gassy that's going to make you? Onions make you super gassy. I don't. Do they really? Yeah. I just learned that from my colonic. Well, <laughs> Tanya had a colonic, by the way. And four bites in, there's no going back now. Uh, here's Lakin's problem. After college, I moved back to my small Texas town where literally everyone I went to high school with is married and has two to three kids. Because of that, and being a basic female who has dreamed of getting married my whole life, I settled. I got engaged and married to a guy who couldn't have been more wrong for me. Uh. Long story short, the marriage was over well before it started, and less than a year after the wedding, it was annulled. Dang. Now at 28... I'm a year and a half out of that situation, gone on several dates, but I, I'm always scared to mention this. It's not something I mentioned on a first date, but do do I need to? Should I be honest with everybody about the fact that I went through an annulment? I was married before. It was quickly annulled, but I feel like that's baggage, and great guys are going to look at that as a red flag. Is it baggage? Is it a red flag? She wants to know from the guy's perspective. Dean, single guy, out on the town, meet a girl. She's great, having a great time, and ooh, she was married and got it annulled. It's definitely not baggage. There is no way that that would ever be baggage. It's definitely something worth speaking about, I feel like, though. Sure. It definitely wouldn't hinder anyone being interested, and if they, if it does remove someone's interest in you, then they're probably not the right person for you anyways. But, I mean, who cares? I think it's kind of like how everybody says, everybody, when I, I dated a guy that was divorced, mm. And I prefer a divorced guy over a like forty something and never married. Because I love this, this this debate. I agree. I, I do because yeah. like I think it just shows that he's not afraid of commitment instead of somebody that's forty something and never been married. And I feel like there's a little bit of a something there. So I think to her, like the fact that 
she was married just shows that she wants marriage. It just wasn't the right guy. I think it's your approach to it, too. I think when you look at something as baggage, that's how you're going to, like, portray it when you're on a date. But I think if you look at it as just something that's part of your past, like... Everybody has a past. Yeah. Everyone's made mistakes. Yeah. And everyone's had long-term relationships, usually, mm-hmm. in the past. This one just went a, a one step farther than right. everyone else's. And the fact that it was annulled means it was just... You both agreed it was a huge mistake. Right. It's different from a divorce. Yeah. I don't understand what the difference is. I thought an annulment was less than a year. Or is it I'm just not sure what the rules of annulment are, to be honest with you. I think it's like has to be within a certain window. Mm-hmm. Anyways, moral of the story, it's not baggage. I, how long do you think she should wait till she tells guys about it? First date? Second, third date? Probably second or third. I Maybe. agree. Yeah, not the first. Not first. No. no just, you, until, just until she's comfortable enough with them. Yeah, feel him out a little bit. And I like the idea that uh, if you see it as baggage, they will see it as baggage. Mm. Yeah. If you just own it as just part of your past, that's how they will see it as I well. I will never forget the advice I got from uh, Matthew Hussey, who said um, there was a single mom. She had two kids, and she always looked at her kids because they, didn't, they didn't know that, that when they, she would go out on dates that she, the guy didn't know she had kids. Mm-hmm. And she was always scared to tell them because she thought it was baggage. And he said, first of all, they're your children. They're not baggage, yeah. but it's the way that you say it. And so if you are on a date and you say, oh, my gosh, you have the greatest dimples. They look just like my son's. So you, like, weave it into conversation without saying. I don't know. No! If, I don't know if I like that idea very much. <laughs> oh, you don't like that? Not really, because then you're like, wait, 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 backtrack for a second. You're what? Why didn't you tell me about this explicitly instead of trying to, like. Give me little context clues to pick up on. Yeah, it. I don't like that either. You don't like that? No, that no. was the best advice. I would not hear another word you said as long as you kept talking. Be like, did she just say she has a son? <laughs> I think Shoot. that works when you're like, you're not sure if you're being hit on, and you have a boyfriend. Yeah, like that yeah, kind of yeah. Thing. Oh, I think my boyfriend then. has those same shoes as you. Exactly. Right. Like that works then, but oh. not with like a major. <laughs> when you're on a date with someone, because kids, right? <laughs> I thought it was so cool, like nonchalant, like because oh. kids are definitely not baggage, but it is definitely a major talking point that needs to be addressed. Right? Yes, it needs to be addressed. It's not something you casually throw in there. Shoot, I've been like preaching this. Like, <laughs> I mean, teach their own. I think that's something. Yeah, clearly we're very opposite right now in our... Um... Opposites attract. I uh, do have to say, my dad is a fan of Dean already. Yes. Just, I got a leg up. First of all, he's never once watched The Bachelor. I has no idea. Uh, but he listened <laughs> to the podcast that Dean was on. Oh, he did? Yeah. Last week scrubbing in? Yes. Oh, nice. And that's when he was like, that boy made some really, some great points. And you were just like went in. And- it's funny that this is Help I Suck a Dating and that was scrubbing in, but it's all the three of us in a room and you two flirting <laughs> and me mod- moderating the flirt. <laughs> it's kind of funny that those are two separate podcasts. Who is this girl? <laughs> Do you know how disturb is a thing, Dean? <laughs> so Dean is recording this on his phone, and he keeps getting calls from a girl, and it's kind of bothering him. It's Tom not it. a girl. It's a girl and my friend who are at lunch right now who I'm meeting up with after this, and they're I probably see. just wondering where I am. Where are you? Okay. <gasps> oh, see, this damn. is not a girl. This is my roommate. Don't they get the hint? How many phone calls do you have to ignore and send yeah, straight to voicemail before they stop Especially calling they know you? that you're doing a podcast. Yeah. Uh, I do like the conversation of 40 and unmarried or 40 and divorced, which is more preferable. I do like that uh, topic. That is interesting. Hey, really quick, I want your take on this. When I was uh, 18, I dated a young lady that was married, but they were broken up. Mm. They just couldn't afford to get divorced. Wow. Uh, he, was, he lived in New York, and she like she moved out here. And that made me like, like it was like, you know, I was 18 and she was like 21. I'm like, oh, it was exciting, you know, but, uh, 
That's that's weird, right? Like she I was shouldn't. Eighteen have done... and married and separated. No, she was twenty when I was eighteen. Still she was older. Yeah. The, so they got married, were married for like a year, and they're like, "Yeah, this isn't working," and then just went their separate ways, hmm. but couldn't like. Accor- she told me, right. <laughs> "Like, oh, we just haven't gotten divorced yet. It's a huge pain. It's super expensive." Uh, and I just, you know, we dated for like a year or two. Wow. Did you ever meet him? Uh, yeah, yeah, I did. Mm-hmm. Huh. I met him. Uh, I met him before they had gotten married. Actually, so I knew him from before. Oh, and you still went after her. Wheels within wheels. Yes. But you guys weren't <laughs> friends. You just knew each other. No, no, I just, yeah. Mm. He, we worked at the same movie theater, okay. if you must know. Nice. <laughs> if you must you, know. You guys had a special bond we'll never understand fully. Exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. It's, like, it's like a veteran or going to war or I think I think if I were 40 years old and single, I would have rather been married and divorced. Although that's something I never, ever want. Right. I think that would be preferable. Is there mm-hmm. anything about a divorce that just gives you pause? Like, is it tell you that maybe he can't sustain a long-term relationship? What well, was it about his wife that... Eats onions like apples. <laughs> Here we go. Is the divorce a negative at all? Or it's just not as much of a negative as never married? Yes, but I think that there's... You can ask that question about anything. That's true. Honestly, I would 100% prefer a divorced 40-year-old than a single 40-year-old. Because you have gone out with some 40-somethings who are never married, and you mm-hmm. have to wonder about that, don't you? Mm-hmm. You do. And it always comes to light. Yeah. yeah. I know this is a question that shouldn't be asked, but how old are you? 31. Okay. Do you date younger men ever? You can ask me that. I'm not embarrassed about my age. Good. You're beautiful for 31. I mean, granted, <laughs> not, that, not that that obviously needs to be said. <laughs> I literally was going to guess that you were younger than me. I thought you were 25. Please look at Patty's face right now. <laughs> I thought you were going to be 25. Let's just omit all of this from the podcast. <laughs> My mind is focused on the onion. I can't think clearly. Um, No, I'm not 25. I literally thought you were younger than me. No. And that's the compliment. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yes. I, it was in the hallway there when it was my birthday. I was leaving and I had balloons and one of the salespeople were like, turning 23? I was like, no. One more email. This is a tough one. It's an anonymous email. Her boyfriend and her have been together for 10 years. All of her friends are married with children, something they want so badly. She and her boyfriend, they talk about marriage. Pretty for 31. Oh, uh, yeah. They're, <laughs> they talk about marriage, <laughs> but there is no progression toward that. I've introduced both of his brothers to their now wives, and yet there's still no progress on our part. I love him so much, but there are things that scare me about our future. 10 years they've been together. Are you two listening or just flirting over there? Because I feel like there's not much listening happening and a lot of flirting we're happening. We're listening. We're listening. Sorry, you just grab my hand and it smells like onion. She goes to church every Sunday, but he won't go with her. I don't mm. want to be the girl with her kids alone at church in the future. And by the way, that is a big thing. Anyway, recently a guy from my church and I have become great friends, and that's all it was at first. But now I think we begin to catch feelings, and he has expressed to me how interested he is in me. We text now almost daily and have had very deep conversations about what we want out of life. He's such a great guy. Our morals match up completely. He's hilarious, which is a plus. He's so good looking, has made me feel a way I didn't know was possible. I have never in 10 years with my boyfriend cheated or even thought about another guy, but this guy makes me question everything. I don't know if I'm just starting to resent my boyfriend or if I really could potentially have something with church guy. Should I stay with my boyfriend of 10 years and keep waiting and not know if we'll ever get married? Or should I break up with my boyfriend of 10 years and change my whole life to try things with church guy? I'm 29. My boyfriend and church guy are both 33. There's this a, is a tough one to me. Go ahead. A couple of concerns that I have in this whole situation. Yep. A boyfriend of 10 years, concern. How are you going to have a boyfriend for right. 10 years? 
True. You, Good. If you're after three years and you're still not engaged and the conversations aren't happening, 10 years is a long time. Long time. What Red flag number one. Red flag number two I have with church guy is it's very easy to be the other guy and be very complimentary of the other person. And if there's the compliments are what you're responding to the most, I don't think that there is much um, continuity in that later on. Like, it, like I said, it's very easy to be this other guy and say all the right things because maybe she's getting something different from him than she is from her boyfriend of 10 years. Um, I think... It's probably nice to get that attention, which she hasn't gotten right. in a long time, it sounds like, from her boyfriend or anybody else. Yes. Right. I mean, I appreciate the consistency that she like she goes to church with this guy and maybe he's nice to her and all that kind of stuff, but I don't think that's worth throwing away a relationship of 10 years, red flags and all. Even though like you, <laughs> you shouldn't... Boyfriend, girlfriend for 10 years is just too much, in my opinion. That's all I have to say. Okay. Yes. But those are kind of conflicting things you just said. I know. I think that she needs to dump them both. You are a dichotomy. Dump them both. Tanya? Dump them both? <laughs> oh. Well, the 31-year-old uh, has some good advice here. I think, <laughs> I think that if you've been with this guy for 10 years and you haven't married him and you're already having these reservations about not going to... Like, not going to church with him, not bringing your kid, like being the single mom with mm-hmm. the kids or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, and this is a bold move, but I really believe that ending this 10-year relationship and exploring this new one could have potential. I agree. My concern is that church guy is clouding her judgment of her current situation and making it seem worse than it is. Got and it. I feel like she needs to analyze her current relationship without the outside influence right. because that's not going to help it. She needs to determine if this is worth pursuing. It's going to be a lot of conversations. It's going to be hard. But this needs to survive or end on its own merits before we explore anything with anybody else. That's, but here's the, best, the, that's the best advice. But here's the thing. If she ends the relationship with her boyfriend chases this guy that goes to church with her and then breaks up with him for whatever reason because he's not the guy that she thought he was, mm-hmm. then she's going to forever regret throwing away the relationship with 10 years. Sure. Not necessarily because this, this doesn't sound like a great relationship. Yes, yeah. and I agree. But that's why I'm saying it needs to succeed or fail on its own merits. If mm-hmm. it fails on its own merits, then you're free to look at anything else and you're not going to regret what happened with the 10-year right. guy. You might regret, regret some lost years. So church guy removed from the situation, that relationship to, should play it as it may. Yeah. And if it fails, then church guy becomes... Mm-hmm. An option? How does that work? Yeah, it becomes an option eventually. Eventually. But he shouldn't, you should kind of, I think she should get him out of her mind right now. And really, if this were to end, it shouldn't you be, make a you shouldn't st- call him the next day I agree, either. that's actually a good advice. Very strong point. That is, that's the best advice. I agree. Well, thank you. You're so smart, Mark. Well, you know, thank you. I appreciate that. I've learned a lot doing these podcasts. But it's true. You have to just analyze this, like the relationship that you're in without any voices like mm-hmm. outside. Mm-hmm. Figure out what you want to do with that and then proceed. There you go, Anonymous. Both of his brothers to their current wives, and she still can't get the ring from this guy. It's not great. No. 10 years. Now she's 29. So in 19, they started dating. So I understand, though, it didn't happen the first three, four years. But now it's time to, uh, what's the phrase? Or get off the pot? Yeah. Yeah. Pony up or get off the boat. That's what they say. That's what they say. All right. How's that onion? I, I couldn't get through it all. I threw it away. Oh, no. How much? Did you learn? Half of it, maybe? I got no, 80% yeah, of it. Yeah, 80%? Most of it. Nice. Yeah. yeah. It just is a little, a lot for the palate. <laughs> and Tanya kept looking at me weird the entire time. I just, maybe in like a in a more private setting. Private? No, you're right. Maybe I'm going to go home and just eat an onion on my couch. I feel like it's going to hurt your stomach. I, I'm worried, I'm worried like about hour. that now. I wonder what I should eat now to curb the, like the... 
uneasiness in my stomach that I might get, which or might not get. I think I have very good uh, uh, gut gut because I eat a lot of crap and I'm usually okay. So we'll see. But moral of the story, I could eat an onion like an apple. I just chose not to today because Tanya's here. <laughs> God, yeah. And we're going on a date tomorrow. I don't want her to look at me through onion-colored glasses. I already saw it. Dinner, concert. I like it. Yeah. What are you going to wear, Tanya? Don't know. I'm excited. It's going to be fun. And even if it's not fun, it'll still be fun. It's going to be so fun. It's going to be so fun. Are it you kidding? Be. It will be. Anyways. What do you think the chances are, Tanya, on a percentage scale of a kiss at the end of the night? 50-50. 50-50, Dean? 50-50. 50-50, okay. What are the chances of a, a makeout session at the end Ooh. of the night? 50-50. Really? Wow. Wow. Dean? Well, if, it's you, go, if it's really good. Are you going to drink at dinner? Yeah. Okay. I'll have a drink. A drink. Mm-hmm. Okay. I wasn't planning on it, but I guess I could have a drink as well. <laughs> you don't have to. 50-50 makeout session, Dean? Uh, I'll go 49-51. <laughs> which that. one's pro, which? Pro makeout. Oh, oh yeah. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. <laughs> Anyways, I would like to first, and or I guess I'd like to end by thanking everyone uh, for listening to this podcast. Big thank you to our sponsors, Homesick. Be sure to get to uh, your home scented candle at homesick.com by using code Dean for free shipping. Plus that one $10 smells off. delicious, yeah. by the way. It's been burning. It's it, helping the onion stench. It really is. Maybe, no, just helping in general. Maybe when I bring you home to Colorado to meet my brothers, you can enjoy that scent in real life. <laughs> like, I still, I, I just have so many questions. Big, for big you. thank you to Jet Suite X for being a sponsor <laughs> on the podcast and for offering airlines all the air with no lines. Big thank you to Vanessa and Taylor for calling in. And of course, of course, how could we forget Haley for calling in. Haley Hewitt, ladies and gentlemen. Be sure to check out her website, www.hewittmft.com. Maybe we'll have her on next week to do some brain spotting. That would be pretty cool. Um, anyways. Thank you, Tanya. And Tanya, of course. How could we forget? Tanya stepped in. Vanessa had to go. And Tanya happened to be around. So just always a, a light in this dark room. That is a light. the That's podcast room. Is. That's very nice. And big thank you to Mark Easton and Tori for sharing her father's onion or orange eating abilities. That'll do it for this week's episode of Help I Suck at Dating. My name is Dean Unglert, and maybe next week, according to Tanya, I might suck a little bit less. Follow Help <laughs> I Suck at Dating with Dean, Vanessa, and Jared on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts.